been hard for you Life has made you strong Let me lift the moon With my attitude Hey fellas, the time is right Get ready, tonight's the night Boys, what you're hoping for will come true Let me be good to you All right, well, welcome to Disney Minus, the slightly less random now that we figured out a good a good rotation to go with uh, Disney podcast where we are taking a different movie every two weeks. I'm Steven, and I am definitely not building a robot of the queen in my basement. I'm Kat, and I had so many puns I didn't know which to choose, so I decided to use them all. Uh, I'm Dan, and I've recorded a special death soundtrack for my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. They are, though. They are boyfriends. That is my going thesis for the for this one. They are exes, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, they're yes. exes, and they're both petty AF. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So this week we watched The Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, listeners, just in case it wasn't obvious. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't get any of those references, you don't need to be watching our podcast. At the very least, you might have noticed it in, like, the episode description. Well. Uh, Ah, yeah, that's usually a giveaway. Spoilers. (laughs) All right. Uh. Let's see. So what were y'all's, like, preconceived notions about this movie? Like, like, what do you remember watching it in the past if you've seen it or if you've never seen it? Like, what do you think that or what did you think it'd be like? I did not remember ever specifically watching it when I was a kid, but I guess I must have because the uh, the Big Ben scene at the very end all felt really familiar. But that's about all I've got for this one. I liked this movie as a kid. You know, I liked the music. I thought, you know, the bits with Felicia were hilarious. And then when you go back and watch it as an adult, kind of like almost every Disney movie from your childhood, you go back and you realize just how much went over your head as a kid. Yeah, I, I've never seen this before, at least to the best of my memory. Like, I think I've seen bits and clips and heard about certain stuff that was in this but i never got a full image i gotta say it was shorter than i expected yeah that's like now that i've got disney plus and i've been watching like disney movies almost non-stop because of grace and that's <laughs> what i'm noticing about a good chunk of them is they're always a lot shorter than i thought i mean to be fair like when they were making them then you know it's like okay kids have short attention spans let's kind of keep this quick but yeah the mouse attack is, is really no, no, they're really not. I mean, shoot, adults don't have long attention spans for the most part. Look at us. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and also, like, yeah, the, you don't need to... It, it, It's cost-effective. Yeah. You're putting a lot of work into, like, hand-drawn animation. You probably want to cut down on that just a little bit. Well, right. 
I just remember watching it as a kid and thinking, oh, cool, the, you know, the mice are dancing. Oh, ha ha, he's silly because of, you know, the juice they gave him. And now it's like, okay, those are showgirls. They roofied Dawson and Radigan's flat out trying to kill Basil. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I, I will say, from having not remembered him before watching the movie, Radigan is a good Disney villain. He really oh, yeah. is. So, great work from Vincent Price. Ah. Oh. Yeah, no, I put it on and they got to his scene his scene for the first time. I'm sitting there, wait a minute, I know this voice. Right. I hopped over to IMDb to check real quick and about lost it for like a good couple seconds. <laughs> to me, he's like one of the scarier villains because, you know, almost every Disney villain, you know, they have their... They have their trigger button, like, you know, you don't mention Mufasa around Scar, you don't tell Jafar anyone's more powerful than he is, but it's like, they'll throw you in jail or they'll humiliate you. Radigan, but if you call him a rad, he will flat out try to kill you and he will look calm while he does it. Feeds you to a cat. Which, did you get the cat's name? Felicia. That was, Felicia, okay. Right. I couldn't, I never, like, actually caught it being said, so I wasn't sure. I think he only says it like a couple times, maybe even once. But yeah, her name is Felicia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Goodness. But I mean, like, even the scene where, like, he's cradling uh, the bat. And, like, he's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And then you just see the bell come out and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I assume you two watched it on Disney+. Plus. Well, I'll probably do that going forward. But for whatever reason, I just happened to have a VHS copy of this, so I decided to go through that. Nice. I'm just gonna, like, uh, I just wanted to note, like, some of the ads they play at the start, like, there's stuff for, like, uh, some sort of, I think it must have been, like, an animated special or something called Bell's Tales of Friendship, there's one for the Hercules cartoon. Oh, I remember the Hercules cartoon. Yeah. There's one for Doug's first and last movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, that. God, I'm old. <laughs> I remember seeing ads for that as a kid. There's an... There's this movie starring Christopher Lloyd as an alien called My Favorite Martian. <gasps> oh, I definitely... I watched that a good handful oh. of times when I was I a actually- kid. Don't think I watched that. Like, I know, I recognize the name. It's familiar, but I don't think I ever watched that one. Oh, yeah. man. I know what my first pick is going to be when it comes to my turn. All um, right. There was also an ad for Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. Yes, my yeah. little sister loved that. <laughs> Fair. There's one for, there was one for this Thanksgiving thing starring Winnie the Pooh called Winnie the Pooh Seasons of Giving. And then, like, just before the movie starts, it, like, Let's you know that this VHS tape comes with, like, a contest thing where if you solve a little puzzle full of movie trivia and get the answer right, you can win certain fabulous prizes. I hope one of them is a death trap. To the to my great surprise, I got this from a thrift store, but this actually had the little thing in it. I guess whoever got it never filled it out and just left it in there. So wait, you say you got it at a thrift shop? Yeah, I think I got it at a Savers or something. Were you wearing your granddad's clothes? Hmm. I looked incredible. Did you pop some tags? I'll you know stop it. 
<laughs> I knew that was where you were going with this. <laughs> you knew I had to. Come on. I guess we can get into the movie. It's London, 1897. And yeah, that was one thing I noticed was uh, I feel like I don't see this on very many movies, but I like that they kind of tossed that up. Like, hey, just in case you were wondering, it's this year and we're here. Under the actual Sherlock's house. That messed me up. I don't know why, but him living underneath the underneath Sherlock Holmes's house messed me up. I thought it was yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, I I know this. I like skimmed a Wikipedia article before I watched this, and like this does seem to be based on like some existing series of kids' books. So I guess that's the situation. Uh, yeah, I watched uh, the movie a couple times uh, over our two week gap, and. I didn't check the Wikipedia article till after the first time I watched it. But yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's pretty neat. I might actually check the books out. Right. Like, I want to find those. Whichever one of us finds the series first, we tell the other two so we can all try to find them at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. No, um, <laughs> no, it lists like the publication dates because apparently I guess someone else took over writing them after the initial author stopped. There was uh, a new one put out in, like, 2016 or 2018, I think. Are you serious? Because it started, what, like, in the 50s or something like that? Oh, yeah, they're, like, big gaps, but yeah. Yeah, 1958 was, it looks like, the first one. Dang. This little toy store. A thing about this world is, like, it's a world of my sets within the city of London, just, like, beneath it or within it. Like, like it's still in, like, various... Notable London buildings, but, like, I guess the cracks between the walls or something? Yeah, which I do actually, I really like. That was a good a good way to set it up for, like, why the, I guess, people don't necessarily notice all of this. is because it's kind of going on in, like, sort of the peripherals, peripheries. Right, like, behind the scenes, kind of. Like, parallel universe. Like, they have their own little alternate universe that's a mirror of ours, just mouse-sized. Plus, as a kid, I always liked seeing, like, how the mice used, like, you know, the discarded bits and pieces from the human world to make, you know, their technology and their stuff that they use. Yeah. So we see this, like, little girl mouse and her dad who's a toy maker. I think this is a birthday gift or something? It's something like that. It was a present of some kind. I didn't catch if it was a birthday gift or, like, hey, happy Tuesday. But, yeah. Right. Anyway, it was cute. Dad and his daughter. Yeah. Which, like, has anyone ever gotten to enjoy a present for less time than Olivia does here? Because I swear, she gets this thing for all of two seconds before the next thing happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she gets this, uh... She gets, like, this clockwork toy that's, like... It looks like a flowered bud, but when, like, you activate it, it turns into, like, a mouse ballerina. Yeah, which was really neat. I, I don't know what I'd ever do with it, but I kind of want one. It reminds me of, there used to be these toys when I was a kid where you would get them, and they were plush. They weren't cool and, like, mechanized, but it's like it looked like a little plush, like, flower bud, and then you, like, peeled it or you opened it, and it became, like, a little doll or a stuffed animal, and the flower petals were the skirt. Oh, okay, except yeah. Hers was like, except hers was way more awesome, because it was like, you turn the key, and it does it, and starts dancing, and mine never did that. <laughs> yeah, this... This doesn't last very long as soon a bat approaches. 
A bat breaks into their home. The girl hides, uh, and there's, like, an off-screen fight. When everything's over, she, like, comes out and her dad's gone. Her dad is, like, Mr. Flavershav. Like, around this point, we see, like, the big sign outside their their home. Then it's the opening credits. Yeah, which, like, just from the tonal shift from... We're being attacked, and now my father is gone, too. Hey, happy title card was... <laughs> it's like to quote, the, to quote the kill cow, which leads into a title card. Right up front, they tell you that one of the major characters is played by Vincent Price. Uh... Which, yeah, the first time around, I guess I wasn't looking at... Because I guess I looked away and just didn't catch that name credit, or else I would have been less surprised, but yeah. <laughs> Well, like, as a kid, you're like, who? And then as an adult, you're like, dude! Ah. I do want... I I am looking through the IMDb, and I do want to note that the father is, in fact, played by one of Scrooge McDuck's past voice actors. Oh, do you? Ah, nice. You know what? Now that you say that, I can totally hear it. Yeah, you're right. Now that you mentioned that, it does sound... Remembering the voice, it does sound like Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McMouse. (laughs) Uh, we get this opening narration from a mouse named Dr. David Q. Dawson. And, like, he's just arrived in London. I think he's, like, serving under the Queen, I can't recall. Yeah, I don't actually remember if they say specifically what his deal should should have been had he not run into Olivia and Basil. But the point is he's back. He's here in London. He runs into the girl who we now know is named Olivia, and she's trying to find Basil Baker Street because she has this little cutout of a newspaper that says, like, he's one of the greatest detectives in London. She's trying to find her dad. Dr. Dawson helps her, and they go to find Basil's home. Basil's home is firmly established to be underneath the home of Sherlock Holmes, which, yeah, I think they even do, like, a cool little mirroring where, like, because you can, as it's coming in, you can see Sherlock and Watson's silhouettes in the windows because obviously they've got stuff going on. And I think it's set up like he's getting a client right as all of this is happening, too, if I remember right. I think right. it's the same thing, like a young woman showing up on his doorstep. Yeah. They go to his place, there's this maid, I don't recall her name off the top of my head. I don't remember if they said I want to say they did. I'm looking it up. You guys go on. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, Miss Judson. Miss Judson. Okay. Okay. Uh, Fast on the Googling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Basil's home is like full of chemistry stuff and Rube Goldberg machines. It's... I know. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also complicated for one little thing. <laughs> I... I know. Which makes it so much... That's the whole petty exes. <laughs> that's that's his whole character, basically. He's a very extra person. Uh, let's see. I'm just, just trying to remember the details. I had to write my notes pretty quickly. Uh, oh, yeah, so in comes an Asian stereotype. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it's actually Basil in disguise. Basil did yellow face. Uh, and Stereotype as par for the course with early Disney. <laughs> he's like immediately, 
he doesn't even like realize they're there beyond having her, okay. having them help with his case. Yeah, just kind of like shoving stuff into their hands. So as he's doing whatever he's got going on, and not really, I guess, clocking. You know what? These people probably have their own reason for being in my home. It's like, nope, you're here. You're helping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we write. We also get like a bit of backstory on Dawson, who is like a surgeon who was like, I think a military surgeon who was serving in Afghanistan or something. I think that was where he said, yeah. yeah. I know he was a doctor, but I just don't remember what country he was in. Which I love. I, I know it's kind of a little bit more played out at this point, but like. The detective finding all the little odd and in details to tell you everything about yourself is just a trope that I just really love. So right. that whole scene with him pointing out, oh, you did this kind of a knot and you're using this type of thread. And oh, it smells kind of funky. So that means it's probably from over here. And you have this specific fiber on your shoulder. And then he shoots him. <laughs> yeah. And his, he shot at him. <laughs> He gave him padding first, but yeah, it's like, have you ever just met a guy and then two minutes later tossed a bunch of pillows at him and then shot him? Right. He sh- See, he shot at the pillows, not at Dawson. <laughs> yeah. He's like immediately getting to work on like this forensic stuff. And after all the effort, after shooting someone, it all turns out that it's another dead end. Which he is a a total drama queen about. (laughs) Yeah, he just he starts playing for himself the world's smallest violin. Extra. I know. Oh my god, I noticed that too. I was like, hey, it it is literally the world's smallest violin. (laughs) I mean, would we expect anything less from Basil? No, not at this point. He he grabs the violin, slumps over in his chair by the fire, and is just playing like the saddest music you've ever heard anyone play for themselves. Olivia tries to fill in Basil on the situation, and at first he's like, no, I'm not gonna bother with this, but she lets on some details about the bat, and, like, he figures that this is exactly what he needs for the case he's currently pursuing, which is catching Radigan. The most, most awful, uh, the most Notorious criminal in all of Maustum, the Napoleon of Crime. Uh, I know. <laughs> oh, real quick, can I also butt in one of the funniest moments in the movies while Olivia's trying to tell him what's going on and why she needs help when he's like, Oh, oh well absolutely. surely your mother knows where your dad is, and she goes, I don't have a mother, and just the look on his face. <laughs> the violence like, oh. to a halt. <laughs> He's like, oh, I done messed up. Yeah, it's, oh, I just stepped in that. (laughs) I just love that, the way he freezes. As he's talking about how horrible and how horrible and awful Radigan is and and definitely hot, uh, we cut to Radigan. (laughs) I do love the line that Basil gives at the transition. It's, I wrote it down, hang on. He says, who knows what dastardly scheme that villain may be plotting, even as we speak. And then it turns out it's a musical number, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Radigan's, like, making Flavershav 
uh, pilot this robot butler. My notes get a little vague here, but let me try to put this together unless someone would like to fill in. It's like he's got like a, a robot that looks like it's literally just almost made out of screws and accordions. I can't really describe this thing. It's it's a pile. It looks like somebody it looks like somebody skinned a Furby. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, that's pretty apt. I mean, it really uh, does. It's, that Honestly, that creeped me out as a kid more than, you know, Radigan losing his mind later. That creeped me out. The robot. That's fair. That is, whew, woof. I was like, dear God, why? <laughs> but yeah, so he's making Flaversham, like, try to pilot it. I guess, it, I guess they're sort of in the early planning stages of trying to work out kinks. And... Wasn't super clear if this was the thing malfunctioning or if Flaversham like did this on purpose trying to resist, but like basically ends up like dumping tea all over itself and kind of going haywire and exploding. I think it was honestly malfunctioning at that point because okay. I think at this point he was so he was so frightened, of course. He didn't want anything to happen to his daughter. So I think he was like, oh my gosh, I have to bang this out. I have to do this. And eh. let's be honest, if you'd just gotten kidnapped and had no idea what happened to your daughter, you'd probably be freaking out a little bit too. Yeah, it's fair. So I think at least this time it was legit just malfunctioning. We get to see more of like uh, Radigan's Bat Minion, whose name is Fidget. Uh, he's got a peg leg. I think like he's got a broken wing or something and can't fly. They keep saying broken wing, but it never really looked like it. But I guess I could also just be bad at telling what a broken wing looks like. I think well, it's it just... just be lame and maybe they figured kids wouldn't know what lame meant. Like, in an yeah. actual context, but they figured if we say broken, they'll know what it means. Yeah, that's fair. That's just a guess. Yeah, maybe. So, the Queen's going to be celebrating a jubilee for her 60th year on the throne? Yeah. They call it her Diamond Jubilee, which I did not know what that meant until later on in the movie 50. when they specify. Is it the 60th? They say 60 yeah. later on, so. Yeah. That's right, I think 50 is golden. It's It seems like, just based on what he says here, uh, he wants to, like, take over Maustum. And he has some plan. We don't know what the plan is exactly, but he has one. I don't think he knows what the full plan is. Yeah, as smart as he is, I feel like there's a good chunk of him that's just playing it by ear. Like, he plans ahead. I think he plans ahead when it comes to specifically Basil. But anything else, it's just like, I'm going to go up to this point, and then I'll just wing it after. Well, that's because they're in love. Well, yeah, I mean, they're extra exes, but... Yeah. So, of course, Radigan is... has to have a song about him, so... He has his, like, goons sing a song for him. <laughs> Ego stroke. This, I yeah. think, is the earliest villain song that I've ever seen. Probably, or at least one of them. Or, like, yeah. earliest in terms of coming in early in the movie, at least, that is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and also, the, I think probably one of the earlier ones done by the henchmen, not the villain themselves doing it. Right? was like, true. no, you sing for me. I know. Because he's extra. They definitely have to practice this on the reg. 
you gotta admit though, for a bunch of like low life criminal scum, they are very well choreographed. They are, which exactly like Dan said, they've got to be practicing this. Right. Well, I mean, consider if your boss was Radigan, I think you'd be spending multiple hours a day practicing too, because well, we're about to see what happens next. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel like I feel like Radigan probably writes up schedules and is like, all right, from three to five, we're going to be doing scheme planning. From five to six, it's going to be lunchtime. From six to seven, though, you On guys are practicing sets. my musical numbers. <laughs> so one of the goons who is just drunk off his ass. So uh, wasted. Bartholomew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. His name is Bartholomew. Oh, I didn't even realize he had a name. <laughs> he he does. does. It's never, I don't think it's ever, no, wait, it is said. It's said by Radigan, I think, once, like right before. Yeah, Radigan says his name like once or twice. I felt so bad for him. Like, even as a kid, I felt bad for him. Bartholomew here says, calls Radigan a rat, not like as an insult, just he's simply stating it. Like yeah. he's the best rat ever or whatever. Right. Like he wasn't trying to be rude. He's just that drunk. Yeah. And Radigan does not like this at all. But he keeps his composure. He knows what to do. He gently whisks Bartholomew outside. And then he rings a little bell. Ding-a-ding-a-ding. It's very sweet. He just... Yeah, just ding-a-ling. And I think that's part of what makes it creepy, though, is the fact that he's making an effort to stay calm, like, hey, nothing's wrong, and then ding, ding, ding. Yes, and then the 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 little bell summons a very large cat. Just the chonkiest cat that I've ever seen. That's an oh, Lord, he coming cat. <laughs> a chunky cat. <laughs> that is not a healthy cat. A well-fed cat, you might say. Huh. Uh, so, of course, uh, this cat named Felicia comes up to Bartholomew and eats him. And, Bar- and Bartholomew is just so drunk that he doesn't even realize what's going on. Yeah. I guess at least that's merciful that as far as we know, he never knew what was coming because she came up behind him. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, hopefully it was quick. (laughs) He's, like, still singing the song to himself. It's really good. Right, he has no idea what's coming, and how else you can miss this really, really fat cat coming up behind you. Which, and he does get cut off before he can say the world's greatest rat a second time. Right. So, I guess at least he only called Radigan a rat once. Right, it probably would have been more painful otherwise. So, the goons are mourning their friend's lot, mourning the loss of their friend, when Radigan just like shows off the bell <laughs> and reminds them the song's not over yet. They have to finish it, and they snap <laughs> right know. back into the mood. It's like, oh god! <laughs> and you can. They get they get their voices and stuff back into the mood, but you can still see the look on like half of them's faces, like, oh god, guys, don't screw this one up. Like they're competing to be the ones smiling the biggest just in case. <laughs> and after the song's over, uh we cut back to Basil and Company, and they're going to uh 
have to track down this bat, Fidget, and in order to do that, they're going to need the help of just someone the named goodest boy, so, just someone named Toby, and like I, I feel like I missed a detail here. Like I know, like he accidentally sits on his violin and breaks it, and mm-hmm. and like Olivia wants to come and. And Basil's like, no, you can't come. You're a child. This is dangerous. But... Which, in fairness, I guess he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering who they're tracking down. Like, it'd be dangerous on any mission, but especially this one. Yeah. And then she comes along anyways, and I don't recall if there's any detail that explains why. No, they do. And this is a trope that I just love in in media is... Her saying, well, I want to come to, and it going immediately from him saying, no, you're not coming, to a cut, and then just showing her having tagged along. Known yeah. as the Gilligan cut. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a name for it. Okay, cool. I spend way too much time on TV tropes. <laughs> Matt. We find out that Toby is a dog, a dog owned by Sherlock Holmes, though Basil claims that he trained him. I know. <laughs> I'm just part of me wonders if like if Holmes is aware of all of what's happening and I just get this image of like Holmes just relaxing and like reading a book or something while this mouse in a trench coat trains his dog off in the corner. I mean as observant as he is, that'd be just really funny if he knew that Basil was there and just was like, eh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Whatever. The point is Seems he's training the dog. Yeah. Seems legit. <laughs> Probably just thinks that's the cocaine talking. Uh, oh, there was also that. that. There is very much that. I am in my theory. It's the cocaine talking. Mm, there we go. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make you hallucinate, but I think he does think it makes him hallucinate. Much- I mean, he's always puffing on a pipe. How do we know that's tobacco in the pipe? Fair. So, could be like... Could be anything. Hey, what if, what if Sherlock Holmes... If a modern Sherlock Holmes smoked a huge vape rig, just Dude. the fattest clouds. I just oh. had an image. No, I just had an image of Sherlock in like his full like traditional gear. That all of a sudden he just pulls out a vape pen. <laughs> it's no. Oh my god, it's a vape pen, but it's like he's stylized it to still kind of look like a pipe. It's a steampunk vape pen. Yes. Ooh, oh, there baby, we go. Do it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, so Basil just has uh, Toby track down the bat. Uh, I feel like they had... They gave him, did they give him something to sniff? I don't remember. They found his hat somewhere. I want to say, like, outside or something? Yeah, they did give him something. Yeah, they found his hat. Yeah, okay, and... They, like, have Toby track down Fidget to where, which cuts to the next scene where Fidget is, excuse me, in a toy store just collecting various doodads for Radigan's plan. Uh, I, yeah, like, earlier Radigan gave him, like, a shopping list of things to steal from there. I don't remember much beyond 
there's like gears and uniforms, and I don't remember if there's anything else. It was gears, uniforms, the girl. Yeah. I keep feeling like there was a fourth item, but whenever he recites there. the list, it it's only over those three. Right. Because huh. the girl was the big one, because that's how he was going to blackmail Flaversham. Which also, by this point, the movie has started a thing where ba- uh, Basil never gets Olivia's name right. Oh, yeah. Right. That's worth bringing up. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't use her first name. That, I assume, he'd probably also get wrong, too. So he's always trying to call her Miss Flaversham, but, like... I think one of the ones he says is like Flanger Hanger. He does a few others. Yeah. yeah. Notably, later on in the movie, when he addresses her dad, he says the name right. Right. Huh. I guess that says something about his priorities. I guess so. Either that, I think it's just he's so focused on catching Radigan that it's like that's the last thing on his mind is remembering some little girl's name that insists on tagging with him. At first. Right. Uh, yeah, there's like a bit where Basil shows Dawson how, like, how how Fidget broke in, which was like, just like cutting around a little bit of glass, just like a glass opening in like the metalwork of the window. Like their traditional yeah, spot where they're hitting cut a little hole yeah. and... Yeah, which that one, that was actually pretty neat, is because he just, like, pokes it, pulls out, and, like, the whole window, like, swings open. Right. And for a bat with a lame wing, he did a pretty neat little circle. Like, I can't do a neat circle unless I have, like, a compass or I'm tracing something. It, like, toward the end of this scene shows him use his finger, but if it hadn't been for that, I really had canon to that he was using his peg leg. I like that idea. That would be awkward as hell. It would. Plus, you'd have to be pretty darn flexible to get your leg up that high. Well, well, it's like when you're a kid and you like to pretend you're tough, so you kick a door that's already kind of open. True. So, they investigate. Uh, I don't recall much of this next scene. Um, The toys get activated. Like... Olivia acts in a, Olivia activates one and Basil gets upset because it's going to attract attention. But then, like, as yeah, they investigate, more get activated. I think by... I can't remember if it was Fidget or by accident or what. I think it's supposed to be Fidget off screen, but it definitely has the feeling of, like, well, the toys are coming to life. Better leave before they eat our skin. Yeah. That scene made me jump. I was re-watching like, little clips last night just to kind of refresh my brain, and so all the lights were off, it was quiet in here, and all of a sudden that scene kicked in, and I just about jumped out of my chair. Yeah. Uh, there's Dumbo cameo. There is! There's a little bubble blower that's just Dumbo. I love how Disney puts cameos in, like, almost, I wouldn't say all their movies, but just have, they have, like, every now and then. It's like finding the Mickeys at Disneyland. Right. Fazl's able to, like, piece together that, what, that like, the uniforms are being stolen as well as, I think, some other parts. It's basically they're trying to get, like, the disguises for the crew to get in. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't realize that was the plan at first. Yeah, I, same. I thought he was gonna, like, somehow get Flaversham to 
construct a clockwork army or something. But no, yeah, even even rewatching it because, like I said, I watched it twice uh, for this. One time just watching it, one time taking notes. Like even the second time watching it. It was like the end of the scene, I think, that I finally pieced it together. And I was like, oh, wait, they got the uniforms for his guys. Never mind. Right. Fidget spots Olivia and kidnaps her. Uh, There's a chase scene. But uh, Fidget's able to escape. Yeah, into like some pipe work, right? No, I'm thinking ahead. That's further, further on in the movie. Or does he go out through the window again? I think so. I don't remember. I honestly kind of... The scene started moving really quickly, and I kind of forget how he got away. The point is, he gets away. Yeah. Yeah, Dawson's really depressed about this. Um, Oh, we should probably mention, he gets away specifically with Olivia. He he takes her. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, in case that wasn't clear. Uh, Basil comforts Dawson, and... He leaves the list behind, though. That comes up later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In fact, like, like Dawson found the list, and this is like, Basil's like really excited about this because this is his next big clue. Right. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to, or we cut back to Radigan. He like reunites Olivia and Flaversham, but very briefly. Again, for like two seconds. Yeah, that's just like hang that over their heads. Right. He has Fidget like suffer in a wine bottle, I think. Yeah. He gets stuck in a bottle, yeah. Yeah, a bottle of some kind. It's green. I don't know. Yeah, it's just supposed to be a generic empty bottle. Fair. Radigan makes it clear that whatever he's planning must be ready by tonight. Like, when... I know what happens next is that, uh... Radigan... Radigan has, like... Fidget explain stuff to him, like, what happened to the list. Uh... And gradually... And awkwardly, Fidget reveals that... He lost it, and... That Basil is after them. And... Radigan just... Puts it together, uh, leads Fidget off screen, and then the bell rings. Ding, 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 yeah, ding. like you don't even see him pull it out this time. You just, yeah, like you said, they're off screen and you just hear the little ding, ling, ling. Felicia's like trying to eat Fidget. Fidget's not, not responding to that. Well, yeah, fair, fair on him. Which, and yeah. Radigan's, like, barely even paying attention. He's off to the side, like, in his own little rant. And meanwhile, you just have one half of the screen taken up by Felicia constantly stuffing Fidget back in her mouth. Eventually, Radigan realizes that this is perfect. This is the perfect opportunity to to uh, trap uh, Basil once and for all. And... Then we cut back to Basil and Dawson. Dawson, or sorry, Basil's investigating the paper, figuring out how it's made, the materials. He figures that 
doing his whole little deducey thing. Yeah, Wait, like, I'm gonna think- be honest. I watched it happen, and I still just got to chalk that up to sorcery. Right. Yeah, it's a lot. He did alchemy. But- let's be honest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the p- things he's able to piece together from just a scrap of paper and a chemistry set is it's probably near a sewer. It's probably close to the river. There's there's like signs that that the bat was drinking like uh a type of booze that's only sold at like really seedy pubs and I th- I think those are the, the big ones. And then like like part of his alchemy is like figuring out that that there's salt in this that there's like salt water nearby and he figures out exactly where it is, which is a seedy pub uh uh by the docks of the River Thames at like a specific junction too. Yeah, like specifically where it meets the sewer or something like that. Yeah. Which I like to think this is all just a show and then he knew this was where his ex boyfriend liked to hang used to like to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, we also find out in a minute. Well, I won't get to that part. That's jumping ahead, but they go to this like seedy dockside pub that's specifically for mice. It's it's like built into a sewer wall or something. It is. It's actually it's real again really cool how like they set all this up. And we have showgirls in a Disney movie. <laughs> Basil has a pretty good disguise. Uh, Dawson's got a not as good one, and he's constantly breaking kayfabe. Yeah, I think his disguise itself would have been fine, but he has no idea how to act undercover. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, plus they drug him, so that doesn't help. Yeah, that, that happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, even before that, though, you're right. Like, Dawson was just constantly, like, no idea what to do. It's very much the, the same energy as that how are you doing, fellow kids meme. Yes, how are you doing, fellow youths? <laughs> and then, of course, him getting drugged and Basil attempting to be drugged is pretty much what tips us off that this pub is under Radigan's control because the barmaid and the barkeep and everything were in on it. Yeah, that happens. Like, like when Basil's... When they're in the pub, they, like, figure all that out. Or, like... Well, Basil does. Dawson does. (laughs) Dawson accidentally lets on, like... Well, no, no, no. Basil asks if they've seen Radigan, which seems a bit... uh, Going a bit too far uh, to directly ask. Was it Radigan or did he mention that he was looking for Olivia? I think he was looking for Radigan. Radigan. You're right, you're right. Yeah, and... And, like, that tips off the barmaid. She has the bartender... Uh, poison their drinks, which are pints. And while all this is happening, there's another song in the background. Let me be good to you. That song will get stuck in your head. Hey, before that, though, is a little octopus dude doing a juggling act, which the audience did not respond. (laughs) Yeah, the audience didn't respond well to it, but I think that little octopus dude did a good job. They're all just mean. They were trying, man. They didn't come. 
They didn't come here for the for the octopus. They came here to see a horny mouse. I mean. <laughs> Don't slut shame the mice. Okay, I'm good. I'm through it. But yeah, like, there's this whole song that's, like, sung by this showgirl mouse. Like, it starts off, like, during the sequence, she, like, changes into a more revealing outfit. Yeah, it's It's, like a burlesque. It's basically, like, low-key burlesque. Yeah. It is. Yeah, pretty much. As a kid, I initially thought, like, not, like, little kid, but once I started getting a little bit older, for a little bit, I thought that the showgirl mice were in on it, too. And then I was like, no, they're just dancers. Yeah. Yeah, nah. I was thinking maybe they were being a distraction, but I was like, no, no, they're just eye candy in a children's movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Who is, fuck, who is the, the animator Japanese animator not Miyazaki uh oh I can't remember not Gona guy uh the Kimba the White Lion guy Miyazaki's the only one I can name offhand so Ugh. hang on googling I'm GTSing uh can... oh Osamu Tezuka bingo yeah, he's the one who is really horny for mice. <gasps> oh, okay, yeah, I know which, what pictures you're talking about. Oof. Yeah. That's just what struck, what came to mind. But honestly, from what I know of Tezuka's work, it's, it is considerably less surprising, considering stuff like, was it Boggy the Cat? Yeah, which I have not seen, but I've seen a review of. I got yeah. watch at some point. It does, it does sound good. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna find you a picture of this. Oh god. He oh. made the first anime cat girl. Oh yeah. no. Boggy the monster of mighty nature. Uh that just sounds like a train wreck. It's quite it's certainly something to behold. I I will say she is much more anthro than your typical anime cat girl. Uh, I will also say it's from what I've seen of the movie, it's very horny. Oh, this Ugh. is what I have heard. Yes, yes. And anyways, Tezuka, uh, years after his passing. Like, his daughter, like, was, like, going through his stuff and found, like, this key to a desk drawer that had always been locked. Oh, dear. So she unlocked it and found horny mouse drawings. Yeah. I I don't, I just, sorry for, I know viewers or listeners can't see, but no, Steven just sent me a picture and. Oh, good. Oh, dear. Yeah, I put it in the chat. Oh, dear. Is that supposed okay. to be like just different colored fur or is that her outfit or is it just I don't remember. I assume it's an outfit. It's unclear. I don't think I want to know. Uh and then also putting in a pic a picture of the oh mice that you mentioned. There we go. 
I forgot that I wasn't sure, but I forgot. I, I, I could not 100% remember the snake. Why uh, you do that? Oh my god. Anyway, back to the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, let's talk about this, <laughs> this other Horny Mouse movie. Uh, <laughs> you were right, though. But Let Me Be Good to You is a, is a really good song. It yeah. is. It's very catchy. It's a good song. And it's less earwormy than, to, than Dear Rat again, because at least yeah. Let Me Be Good to You won't be stuck <laughs> in your head for two weeks straight. <laughs> yeah. I will also say it's much more understated than everything we just discussed. Right, right. That is also true. Uh, let's see. Dawson starts dancing with the showgirls. Uh, he ends up crushing... I mean, they're like, totally professionals, too. They roll with it. Yeah. They are, yeah. Uh, they're into it. They're like, ha this guy's silly. Yeah. Uh, he ends up landing... He, like, breaks the piano of the, like, guy playing the song. And then a whole ass bar fight breaks out. And, I know. Yeah. Basil and Dawson use us as an opportunity to track down Fidget and escape... Who, in uh, fairness, is kind of just out in the open right behind Basil and his like Yeah. Right. He's not exactly being incognito. Of he's, course, we're about to find out. He's That's not kind of the, the point. Best henchman. <laughs> well, except in this case, though, it was intentional. That's good. That's true. So maybe he is a good henchman. Either that or Ratting just knows he's going to blow his cover, so he may as well use it to his advantage. I like I to mean, think it's that. Given the next scene. I'm willing to believe this was all part of the plan. Because, uh, they find Radigan's lair, and Radigan sets up a big banner that says, Welcome, Basil! Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying, is it was part of Radigan's plan, I just don't think Fidget was, a. Uh, he wasn't fully in the loop, so, like, he didn't realize he was supposed to let Basil catch him. Radigan planned on it. I don't think Fidget was aware he was part of the bait. Uh, I think he might have been at least a little bit, because isn't like the thing is they try to, they think they see the Olivia, but it's actually Fidget. That's yeah, right. They, they think they see her in the bottle, but it's actually That's him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and like, Radigan's just gloating and celebrating because not only did he, not only did he uh, outsmart Basil, he, uh, Basil is 15 minutes later than he expected. <laughs> oh my god, that is one of the best lines in this whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, Basil is catatonic from realizing that Radigan outsmarted him. And he just sort of gets led into... This this complicated death trap. So you see, it's it's a lot. Yeah. And may I just say, at this point, Basil has the most delicious, depressed emo live journal teenage girl <laughs> breakdown ever. Yeah. He is full on hissy fit. Oh, but but yeah. Okay, so this whole Rube Goldberg death machine. Let's see if I remember this right. He sets it up so that a song that Radigan specifically recorded for this moment 
will be playing on a record, which is attached to a cord so that as the song plays, it will let loose a metal ball, which will roll down a whole ridiculously a ridiculously long ramp, set off the mousetrap that, uh, that Basil and Dawson are tied to, which will in turn set off a gun, an axe, a crossbow, and then finally drop an anvil on them, taking pictures in the process. And also, again, with Radigan being extra, the fact that he wrote a song, found a band, recorded the song, had it pressed on a record, specifically for this trap. <laughs> yeah. Radigan's had this idea for a very long time. Extra. He has, is the thing. He Ever has been they... looking forward to this. Ever oh, yeah. since the messy breakup, he has been pl <laughs> plotting this moment. Like, some people have an emo phase after a breakup. No, Radigan had this. Radigan embraced show tunes. He did. He, he had a revenge phase. Deadly show tunes. <laughs> like, instead of setting your ex's car on fire outside their house, he's like, nope, I'll just kill my ex. <laughs> Five times. Five ways of killing him in that one death trap. Like And take pictures. With a soundtrack. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, so Radigan sets off to do his his evil plans. Uh, let's see. So let me just make sure I've got this right. So Radigan's goons are all disguised as guardsmen. Uh, Royal Guard, uh, and, and, like, they've used Flaversham's clockwork expertise to build a sort of puppet, a sort of clockwork robot puppet queen. It, like, yeah. you can, you sort of, like, control it with, like, some speakers and, uh, some switches. I don't know how anybody didn't rec- or didn't notice all the like wires and cables coming out of the back of the queen's dress going off behind the curtain well well and the fact that it's just constantly like twitching yeah well it's twitching it's jerking i mean granted it was built by mice but british royalty just looks like that <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> so like they're going to have the robotic queen in and state Radigan as like, as like a sort of consort, something like yeah. that. Yeah, she's basically putting him as like her, technically her mouthpiece, but really he's gonna have all the power. Yeah. Basically, she's putting him in the same position as Jafar to the Sultan, except this time. Ah. Supposedly, the, the quote-unquote queen is up front about giving all the power to her quote-unquote Jafar. Yeah. Yeah, so... They've, they've like, cornered the queen. They... We see the robo-queen. Uh, we see the guards. They're gonna get ready for their plan. Meanwhile, back at, uh... Back at, uh... Back at the death trap... <laughs> uh, like Basil's still being very emo, and then 
Dawson gets so mad at him that he just talks sense into him. I know. Uh, I know. It's, yeah, no, uh, Basil's still doing his sad face, and Dawson does, like you said, just get so mad that he, like, basically yells at him until he comes back to to his senses. And then he worries that Basil went insane. (laughs) I think, like, at some point during this, like, the record skips for a moment. It's something like that? I wasn't quite clear. I think that's what happens. Not, like, it's still go, like, it's not off, but it stops for a moment, like, I think that gives Dawson a moment to say, hey, we need to escape. Yeah, like, dude, running out of time here. (laughs) And Basil's like, oh, we'll escape, that's it. We'll set it off now. (laughs) Yeah, Basil. Look how deranged he looks. He looks, like, so happy, it's frightening. Yeah, it's incredible, uh. So, Basil figures out that he can set off the mousetrap early, which will cause each part of the the uh, death trap to counter itself. Like, like the mousetrap undoes one thing, uh, the, the uh, other stuff undoes itself, uh, and... Like, the gun knocks stuff out of place. I don't remember how everything works, but it all just... No, yeah, that one I don't have. Yeah. It all just counteracts itself. Until fi- until finally, like, Olivia... They're free. Olivia gets shot out of the bottle, like, landing directly in Basil's arms right after he, in one smooth motion, rips off his sailor disguise and puts his regular, like, jacket back on or was wearing it underneath i'm not sure knowing how petty basil is or how extra he is he was wearing it underneath oh absolutely but yeah he just he catches olivia grabs dawson in a big hug and just like smile everyone yeah remembers that there's a camera about to go off and he's just like smile everyone it's like the biggest shit-eating grin ever i know and the other two are just looking so confused. I do like to think that afterward, once everything calms down, he comes back and collects this picture. Oh, you know he did. That went in a scrapbook. That one went in the burn book. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the... The, like, Robo-Queen comes forth to announce uh, Radigan as her consort. And Radigan pulls out this, like, gigantic list of new rules he wishes to instate. It's wonderful. Uh, Extra. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that, like, Radigan has, like, this... This blimp that's powered by a pedal. Yeah. Oh, crap, that's what it is. It's pedaled by someone basically just doing it like a bike. Right. Isn't it Fidget, the one that he makes power it to? I think so. Poor Fidget. I hope he got hazard pay. No, he didn't. Oh, absolutely not. His hazard pay was not getting eaten. Okay, uh... I think y'all might need to fill in some stuff for me. 
Because the only... I, all I know is they, like, head to... They head to the palace on Toby. Yeah, which he tells Toby they have to save the queen, and I guess Toby recognizes the authority of the mouse queen, which is kind of neat. Right. Radigan's listing off his new laws, and I think 95? Really up there. It's 90-something. Yeah, is to issue an attack on, like, the wealthy, the... The, uh, the, like, disabled and... On everybody. The, yeah. The wealthy, the disabled, and... Er, sorry, not the wealthy. The poor, the disabled, and children. Yeah. Right. No, the elderly, the disabled, and children. That was it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Basil and company show up to but ruin his plans. Basil hijacks the Robo-Queen and starts yeah. just insulting him to his face. Yeah. And, like, it starts breaking apart. You get to see, there's this, like, the last thing it says before it's completely broken, It it's just like, it's like a fucking disassembled Furby face. Uh-huh. It's great. I don't like it. It's <laughs> not good. I just like how Basil, like, you can, Radigan figures out the one insult that Basil's leading up to, and he's just like, don't do it. Don't say it. Cause him a rant. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Like forget all the other insults, just not that one. Don't do it. He did it. <laughs> yeah. Radigan escapes with Olivia in tow and we get another chase scene. Uh Radigan's got got his blimp with uh uh Radigan's got his blimp with uh the with Fidget Fidget like running the pedals. Basil and Flaversham and Dawson are in, like, they're, like, riding these balloons that they've sort of, like, they like MacGyver their own little, over. Yeah, they, like, macgyver their own little blimp to follow him. They yeah. do, yeah. Like, Fidget says that they're catching up and they need to lighten the load. He's thinking they should throw off Olivia, but Radigan responds by throwing Fidget off and taking over the pedals. Raise your hand if you didn't see that coming. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, come on. He's like, uh, I can use you as leverage. You done effed up the entire movie. They chase him down to Big Ben, and the finale scene like takes place all in the clockworks of Big Ben, which, to to Disney's credit, looks really good. Yeah, this is like early CG. This is 1980s CG. Yeah. And it is, it, actually piggybacking off of that, it's this is after the Black Cauldron. This was one of the first uses of CGI in an animated feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it specifically says that it was like based on a scene in the castle of Cagliostro. Now, see, that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah no, same. Yeah, like, the finale of Cagliostro takes place in a big clock tower as well. Uh, It's like a sword fight or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Basil, like, is able to rescue Olivia. Radigan gets, like, his cape stuck in, in the gears. And, like, as Basil is escaping, as things look good, 
Radigan goes ape shit. This is where he gets fuck. He gets freaking crazy. He's tired of being nice. Well, it's like it, yeah. At this point, it's like the mask is gone. Like he has no self control anymore. He yeah no he is full feral and honestly I again I really like what they did with it. Oh yeah. It's because they showed him as having all this control the entire movie, so for him to finally snap, it just makes it that much more terrifying than if he had been ranting and raving the entire movie. It's it's effective. It it's, is. He, he gets like like his his like suit starts to get torn up. He's he looks so much more monstrous than he already did. He's all disheveled, his fur's all messed up. And then they're at the top, they're like on the hands of the clock of Big Ben. Uh and they're like fighting over over trying to fall to their deaths, and I believe what happens is that they both end up falling. Because the clock because, breaks in. Yeah. Yeah, the clock strikes uh actually I wait, is it ten or two? I think it's ten. I wanna say ten? I don't know. The wiki article oh. says ten. Okay, All right. there we go. Then when the clock strikes ten, uh it knocks them all loose enough that they both fall off. Rodigan falls to his death, but Basil is able to survive thanks to having just the little bit of the of the blimp left over to yeah. He's got the little his, pedal bit and Yeah. He got his steps in that day because Lord he was pedaling. <laughs> the final scene takes place uh in like his his home where where like he has the Radigan's Bell as like a trophy. Olivia and Flaversham thank him. Uh Basil gets Olivia's last name wrong one last time. I know, and he was Bless him. He was trying to be genuine on this one. I think <laughs> it was like an affectionate his... misnaming at that point. I I thought it was genuine. Like he was trying to get it right and just remembered wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I either way, I, it was... either way he gets it wrong, but he's very he does genuinely care about Olivia right now. Yeah. Uh, and like Olivia and Flaversham leave. Dawson's about to leave. But then, uh, a young lady mouse comes in with a new case. And Dawson and Basil become partners. They're dating now. It's canon. Uh, See, what I wish it would have happened here is not sequels, because Disney is is, for the most part not so good at the direct-to-video sequels, but if they had done, like, a spin-off TV series, like, with Hercules, oh, and yeah, done, like, Basil and Dawson solving cases, that would have been amazing. Hmm. Yeah. But no, we had to have Little Mermaid 2 return to the sea. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they are... They, they, like, Dawson gives, like, a closing narration of how they went on many more adventures and and had an exciting life. The end. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's he's basically like, well, we had a lot of other adventures that were all really cool, but that first one was real special. Right. Well, I mean, because it's kind of, you know, it's like the origin story of the two of them, basically. It's, hey, this is, it is. 
kids, this is how I met your father. But, yep. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. The end credits play like a more triumphant reprise of Radigan's death song. And that's the movie. It is. I keep, I don't know. I feel like modern movies have, have ruined me because I keep expecting to be like, oh, but the post credit scene, but there's there's not one. Right, there's no stinger. Hmm. No. Well, in the VHS I got, it reminds the it reminds the children watching that they still have this special form they have to <laughs> to uh, oh, win some prizes. So I figured, why don't we try filling this out? God, let's do it. Yeah. Yes. So, to start, uh, for free you can get a hardcover book of The Great Mouse Detective just for entering... There's like a little cutout in the back that you can just mail out with the Aww. contest form. Uh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, there, the grand prize, or or the first prize, are 500 uh, Super Sleuth Detective kits. Uh, <laughs> I think they're like magnifying glasses and walkie-talkies and stuff. Maybe so a detective like, hat, like Basil's. Hmm. Says they cost a hundred dollars mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety nine money, uh, mm. and the grand prize is a trip for four to London for a toy store shopping spree. Oh, that would have been awesome! Actually, that would have been cool. Yeah. So why don't we fill this out? Let's do I've, it. I've got a pencil. I'm gonna. S- Going to uh, start entering things in. So, number one. What kind of animal kidnaps the toy maker? Bat. Yep. A peg-legged bat. With a broken wing. Yes. Mm -hmm. What is Dawson's full name? (gasps) Jack Dawson. Hmm. Well, looking at this, no, it's his, alliterative, it's alliterative. I think. Yeah his his first name is six letters. Uh, David Q. Dawson. That was okay. Jack Dawson oh, or something yeah. else. Yeah, David Q. Dawson. That's right. I knew his first name was another D because I remember it was a very alliterative, but I couldn't remember the exact name. What street does Basil live on? Baker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does Basil use to compare two bullets? Sorcery? I... A microscope? No, yeah, it was that. Alright. Oh. I feel like that's a very vague question. Yeah, I honestly could not remember that. I mean, uh, I remember him lining it up, because that's his whole thing was twisting it back and forth to see if the ballistics match, but I was like, he, he used a gun because he fired it? He used a pillow to shoot? That's a very open-ended question, I feel. Oh, I uh, should note that, like, there's numbers underneath certain letters, and uh, putting them all together will give us the answer to this entry form. Oh, nice. So at the end of it, then, type the numbers into the chat, or type the letters into the chat so we can see them. Oh, yeah. Why don't I just, real quick, 
I can cut this out. I'm going to take a photo. There you go. That'll work. Anything to get the Playboy mice off my screen, Lord. <laughs> I real quick looked up an inflation cal- or calcula- calculator. A hundred dollars in nineteen eighty six is now two hundred thirty five dollars eleven cents. For real, I thought you were about to say an inflation calendar, and I was like, Stephen, what the hell does that I have to do with al- Disney? I almost said calendar. I did. I would not have let you lit that down. <laughs> well, you know, showing the dates of how it went. I don't know. Hmm. Yep, uh, I've posted the photo in chat. I might throw it in the show notes as well. I'm clicking on it so I can read it. Alright, uh, what number are we on? Uh, three? No, wait, five, because we just did the what does he use to compare the bullets. That's right. Number five. What instrument does Basil play in his living room? (laughs) (laughs) The world's smallest (laughs) violin. Yep. (laughs) Radican gives Fidget, the bat, a list. What is the second item on the list? Second item... Ah, the first two were gears and costumes, but I don't remember what the order was. Hmm. Was it... No, it wasn't suits, was it? Oh! Oh! Ah! Wait, I think I found the list. Gears! Okay. Does Does it fit? Let me see. G-E-A-R. Because I think it's five blanks, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that'll fit. Uh, let me just... That's right, because he was stealing both for the outfits, and he was also stealing parts for the robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does Radigan hate to be called? <laughs> rat. Yeah, rat. Oh. <laughs> nice. Nice folly work. I dug up a jingle bell just so I could do that. <laughs> uh, what kind of animal is Felicia? A chonky cat. <laughs> a chonk. No, wait, she's past chonk. She's, oh lord, he coming. <laughs> but that won't fit, so we'll just say cat. Yeah. Uh, what, col- what color is Toby's collar? It's blue, isn't it? Uh, yeah, okay. I think so. Sounds right. I think- yeah, that Great. sounds right. If it's so. What famous Disney car- character can be found in the toy shop? Oh, we were talking about this. Dumbo. At Radigan's hideout, what does Fidget lock Olivia in? Oh, oh it was a bottle. Yep. Yeah, it even gives you the B right there. Yeah, it did. What type of dust does Basil find on Fidget's list? I was like, cold? Coal, wasn't yeah, it? I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was coal. On the stage, how many balls is the opt- octopus juggling? Uh, I don't remember, but I think... I would guess eight, because he's an octopus? Yeah, looking Maybe. at the blanks, I think eight fits. Oh, wait, no, there's not enough blanks. Oh, wait, yes, there is. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong blanks. All right. Uh, according to Radigan, how many minutes late is Basil when he arrives at his hideout? Fifteen. <laughs> yeah. 
Because you know he was sitting there with the stopwatch just watching because he's that petty. <laughs> Not the first time his boyfriend's late for a date. Uh, what letter is on the side of Radigan's airship? It's a big old R. Yep. And what time is it when Radigan falls from Big Ben? Ten. Ten. I thought you said Ben for a second. I was like, ah. Yes, Stephen, it's Ben o'clock. It's Ben, it, it ben is... o'clock. <laughs> Our podcast right. begins at Ben o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. So let's put this together. Uh, extra, extra, Royal Jewels missing, Radigan blamed. London, four priceless Royal Jewels are missing following the evil Professor Radigan's recent reign of terror. Sources say Radigan hid Her Majesty's jewels somewhere in the city before being defeated by the famous mouse detective Basil of Baker Street. The Queen has hired Basil to locate the jewels, but encourages citizens anywhere, everywhere to join in the search. Unless the priceless gems are found soon, the monarchy is doomed. Cool. <laughs> Your monarchy that sounds is good, that actually. that a few rocks missing. Sorry, four rocks missing can crumble your entire government. If this is where the monarchy is headed, help me uh, count me out. Count me out. You'd be better off with a sword lobbed by a watery tart. Nah. I didn't write down right. the letters, but looking at the blanks, I think I've got it. Has the jewels... In the toy shop. Yeah. Just looking at the blanks. Oh, yeah. With the old Yeah, that's probably it. S-H-O-P-P-E spelling. Right, like the old-fashioned-y. Yeah, so Radigan hid the jewels in the toy shop. Thanks. Uh, So we can just fill this out and mail it out and maybe we'll win a prize. I mean, trip of for course. four, so it's me. So it'll be the three of us. Who else are we taking with us to London? Hmm. Huh. I I guess Grayson. So we have an actual child to go on the shopping spree. Yeah, there we go. He'll be our there excuse. You go. <laughs> if anybody asks what we're doing in the toy shop, we all just point at Grayson. Yeah. Now it does say the sweepstake ends and offer expires January thirty first, two thousand. Time is relative. <laughs> Hmm. Well, I'm sure we'll get it someday. Anyone got a time turner? No. Why the hell not? We'll just have to ask Christopher Lloyd after he's done filming his Martian movie to borrow his time-traveling DeLorean. There we go. Yeah, alright. Uh, I think that ends it for today. Yep. Uh, let me see. Uh, we had talked about instead of doing it random every single time, starting a rotation. Yeah. So did it, we want to real quick figure out the order? Yeah, I figure. I the way I have it figured is like it's what first one from each of us, and then a fourth slot that is random. Yeah. I I figure I that like we that. keep in a random slot just so like we don't always pick good movies. <laughs> Which I can promise I'm not always going to pick something good anyway. Yeah. Or sometimes we'll pick something bad just for the fun of it. Like, just to yeah. trash talk it. Yeah. So, I figure... 
Steven got, like, the... is the one who put this together. So, I think they should go first. Awesome. I'm with that. Then I'm I, down with that. Then I, I did finally remember which one we had been talking about at the beginning of the episode, so I will definitely still go ahead and pick my favorite Martian. All right. <laughs> my favorite Martian starring Christopher Lloyd. Uh, who goes second? I'll go second, if that's All right. cool. Sure. Uh, then I'll go third. Uh, cool. And that's how it will be. I'm just gonna real quick... Uh, I always forget your name. I keep defaulting to your Discord name. Oh, me? Cat. Cat, okay. Um... I'm just going to real quick write down this rotation order. Good idea. Oh, man. Jeff Daniels was in my favorite Martian. Oh. And I just checked on Disney Plus and it is on there. So good. Yeah. Disney Plus has a lot, but it's also got some I'm surprised that, it, or it doesn't have some that I'm surprised. Like, I've been trying to binge watch the Marvel movies and it doesn't have any of the new Spider Mans. They don't have Wreck It Ralph 2, which is weird. Really? Yeah. yeah, I I figure they have an incomplete list and they're going to fill it out over time. Or maybe rotate stuff out, kind of like Netflix does. Maybe. They do like their vault concept. Yeah, uh, the Disney vault. Yeah, I think that's it for this week. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, for My Favorite Martian. Yeah. Uh... Steven, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at Morshmello for myself, which is M-O-O-R-E Shmellow. And then I also have a joke Twitter account at uh, dad underscore tastic, where I just post dad jokes every day. <laughs> he has some good ones, too. Yeah, it's fun. I've been doing... I started it out as a Facebook page and then moved it to Twitter not too long ago, so I'm kind of like... I've, using that as kind of a reboot and just starting my list over. But I started it, I think, like the weekend after Grayson was born. So I've been doing this a while. Wow. Um, I, Kat, are you anywhere online? Not really. I mean, I'm on Facebook and I'm on a couple of Discord groups, but they're both, you know, private. So not really. Yeah. I, I kind of okay. pop up. If you hear bad jokes, chances are it's me. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places, and you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. From there, you can find my Twitter. You can find the other three podcasts I'm on, uh, which are Pot of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, where on season five, the last arc of the, of the, of Duel Monsters, uh, the Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic Lore podcast where we change continuity every week. Uh, you can find me on Strangers Fiction, an actual play podcast focused on one-shots. Uh, I recently appeared in an episode where we played a game called Skate or Die by Riley Hopkins. Uh, I should also note I made a guest appearance on a podcast called Lore Never Changes, which is a Fallout Lore podcast where I spent some time talking with uh, the host about Fallout 76 and Food in the Wasteland. 
Oh. Uh, we do... We do uh, shit talk 76 quite a bit, so uh, Maximilian Rower, do not interact. There's also my art blog and my codash fee where I take commissions. And there's my Twitter, my comedy Twitter at Xbox underscore holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. At today, the day of this recording is Sunday, January, or Sunday, September 6th. And, One of those. And tomorrow... Uh, Monday, September 7th will be Labor Day. Uh, yeah, that's it. Hmm. So, what do we want to do for an outro? We do need to figure out outros, though. Like, whether we want to do them tailored for the movie or whether we want to have one across the board. Hmm. IDK. Uh, I'll just say, uh... Fuck the Disney Corporation and fuck Walt Disney. Uh, <laughs> I love their movies and their parks, but no, yeah, otherwise totally agree. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that ends it for now, then. Yep. I am going to go ahead and actually real quick before we uh, end, end oh, I yeah. am going to go ahead and pop the uh the google doc with our with our movie list in the discord i'll put it in our in our channel and then pin it and probably the main chat that way uh All listeners right. if y'all want to look and see which ones we've got that we have and haven't done and if y'all notice anything that's missing off of the list let us know and we'll pop it in place yeah awesome. okay all right uh, gamers out. I don't know. <laughs> Mice rise up. <laughs> uh, all right. See ya. We'll work on the closing. <laughs> yeah, one of those. We'll see you real soon. Goodbye. So soon. And isn't this a crime? By now, the time knows how to fly. <laughs> so here's goodbye. So soon, you'll find your separate way. This time's so short, I'll say so long and go. So soon, <laughs> goodbye. You followed me, I followed you. We were like each other's shadows for a while Now as you see, this game is through So although it hurts, I'll try to smile